0: or pivot that is the question we're answering today joined as always by my lovely co-host jen it's me dak and with special co-host nehemiah how's it going guys doing wonderful and great doing wonderful i feel good Both of y'all are just doing great as always, I'm assuming. Wait, you have mm-hmm. a good time uh, prepping for the podcast. Yeah. Yes,
1: indeed. We had a nice little session there.
0: I
2: I ate a lot of popcorn watching all of these over the last few days. That's always good.
0: Big fan of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Big fan of uh, everything we're reviewing today. So for those of you that are not informed, what we're doing today is uh basically going through our reviews Uh, with a heavy emphasis on the beginning, um, in six separate categories. Aiden, do you want to let them know what the categories are? Yes, the categories
1: are anime, American animation, movies, games retro, games current generation, and TV shows.
0: Yep. Um, Basically, what we're going to do is say, is this gripping? Do you want to watch it? Everything we're doing today is based on the theory that I kind of pioneered that anything you do, there is a certain point where you know whether or not you will enjoy it or you will hate it. Even if it goes to shit later on, or even if it's great in the second half, there's a certain point and a certain amount of just aesthetic that you have to take in in the beginning for you to get drawn in and actually become interested. And so we three have gathered here today to answer that question and make sure that you don't waste your thirty minutes of time uh, playing a game and don't waste your money, and so you don't waste your thirty minutes of time watching that episode of Netflix that your coworker says is great if, in actuality, it, it's just kind of mediocre, right? Mm-hmm. And you know,
2: I just I hate wasting time. You know, I'm an efficient person, so.
0: Absolutely. I think that we can all get behind that notion, and I think we should get right into it. Mm -hmm. And for this episode, and the following two as well, we have a very direct theme. Theme of episode one is Dak, me. So I picked all of my favorites in the six categories laid out before you by my lovely co-host. And so, we will get right into it. And I'm thinking of starting with anime. Any objections?
2: <laughs> no, no anime is amazing.
0: Alright, cool, cool, cool. So, I'm gonna lead this off with our first section of anime. All ratings from 1 to 5. Animation slash art. I gave ReZero, our subject of today, a 4 out of 5 in animation art. The reason... Why I gave it a 4 out of 5 instead of a 5 out of 5 was that combination of animation and art. See, the art in ReZero is excellent, near perfection. But the ambitiousness of the first scene in having a huge, sprawling city full of thousands of people and, I guess, demi-humans interacting in the background all at once is just a little too much for traditional 2D animation. And so, they had to resort to 3D backgrounds, um, a technique not really used throughout the series very much, just kind of in that opening. And, as you may know, 3D animation sucks, especially in anime. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm going to throw this over to Jen for her thoughts on what's going on. Well...
1: I personally thought that it was a three out of five. I didn't think it was bad. Uh, I just thought it was about middling. I felt that the aesthetic felt like every other anime I had ever seen. And I felt that the 3D used was really bad. It took me out of it quite a bit. Uh, I noticed it wasn't very much in the forefront, but it was a lot of times in the background there would be 3D characters walking around and... Those always distract me in a show. Um, Mm -hmm. The animation itself, I thought, was really fluid and nice, though. So if animation was separate from art, I would have put it at um, probably four for animation and three for art. And uh, I really liked all the furries. That was a nice touch. (laughs) That's always a nice touch. (laughs) Put a smile on my little face.
0: (laughs) Isn't that the goal? All right, so I think uh, we're good to move on. Nehemiah, you have any thoughts? I
2: actually do have some thoughts. Uh, I'm going with you, uh, Dak, on the four out of five. Uh, I absolutely love the art of ReZero. It's a beautiful anime. Mm -hmm. If it was art only, I'd give it a five just because of how beautiful it is. Because I love the incorporation of the colors and beauty. Um, even i even love the world design I, or not the world design but the like the landscape and the colors they incorporated there like in the main first scene where they show that city i think though it uh-huh. loses a, its value just because of it's a little clunky in the 3d animation and i mean that studio has always been like that uh uh-huh. with some of their other animes like overlord or um a few of the others now i i saying that they do amazing work with the character models when it comes to like Normal transition scenes, like normal fight scenes.
0: Those are some good thoughts. Thanks for sharing, boys. Um, I think it's time to move on to acting. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gave acting a four out of five, and the reason why I did not give it a five out of five, which I would have given for the entire series as a whole, is the emotional range is not well uh, expressed. In these first two episodes, as it does later in the series. So in these first two episodes, you see kind of a lot of mystery and a lot of, um, just a lot of, uh, new things being thrown at these characters as they interact and intertwine. And the delivery of everything is kind of monotone, but kind of monotone by design in a lot of ways, just because it's the establishment and you have to know what a character is like, before you can start breaking that down. And quite frankly, at the beginning of the series, that establishment is a little long for my taste, which gives it a 4 out of 5 on the on the voice acting. But again, it ramps up throughout the series, and I would give it a 5 out of 5 overall, but it's getting a 4 out of 5 because of our heavy emphasis on the early uh, show. I think that about sums up my thoughts, so All right, well. anything to add? Yeah, uh, it kind of
1: just felt, except for a few voices that I really liked, I thought that the voice acting was also about average. Not Not bad or anything, but I didn't feel much resonance from the main character. He just sounded like your average main anime character. Uh, the old man's voice, though, I really liked.
0: I can't remember his name, but
1: his voice was really nice and fit with his character a lot.
0: Yeah. Big fan of the of the, uh, old man Rom. Yeah, that was his name. That yeah, was his name. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Dakota you sure? Dex definitely yeah. seen that. He knows. Oh, I have, for sure. Uh, Nehemiah, you have any thoughts?
2: Uh, I will say this is one of those cases, after seeing the whole anime, of course, that I'm a little... Uh, weighed on this but i will say i look past mm-hmm. that expression i know in the first two episodes it doesn't express too well but i still want to give it a five out of five just because i honestly weirdly love the act the voice acting in this um mm-hmm. i just it's very hard portray- to separate exactly i really enjoy the portrayal of these characters it kind of almost really brings the story to life in my mind um kind of puts you into that world and what's happening to the main character um mm-hmm. and even that there's a lot of times they the voice actor's dedication to portray the character it, it's it's insane i mean there's mm. some a lot of times that they're not as expressive like you're saying but i look past that and i say five out of five
0: all right well we really had a, a much larger range of feelings on that one mm-hmm. kind of interesting how our feelings i think yours and mine nehemiah are exactly the same as we've seen the series and we've see how it evolved yeah but aiden just throws it at the average
1: hmm. yeah because in the first two or three episodes i what i couldn't it was it was two episodes but it was listed as under episode one on crunchyroll mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i watched the first three because the first two were seen were listed as episode one
0: okay and so i've seen
1: episode one and two
0: Also, one thing to note is that Nehemiah and I watched the director's cut. Mm -hmm. I think I also watched the director's cut. That's why it was longer. Okay, interesting. Um, And I will, and it
1: really did just just sound to me like an average anime. As far as the voices go,
2: I will. I will definitely say agree with Dakota or Dak on that one. With the um, the fact that we've seen the whole series, Uh, I haven't seen obviously the second season, but I've I've also seen a lot of their other animes. So, like, for studio-wise, I really, I guess maybe I relate mm-hmm. to that studio. I really enjoy that studio and what they do. I might be a little weighed on there just because of that, too. Um, that might be why <laughs> me and Dak are so similar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, a little more context makes you just love it more and more. And I feel like as time goes on, the more I think back on the series as a whole, the more I love it. it exactly. And I'm definitely going to keep watching
1: it because I did like it overall and despite the fact that so far I've just said it's average, I can tell that from what well, the seeds they were planting in it that I'm going to like it more, so I'm going to keep watching. I, I will say that... And Dad, so I can experience it the same way.
2: Aiden's experience with it is probably more aligned to the newer viewers, because he is a new mm-hmm. viewer, whereas we are dedicated to that series.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think that's an interesting perspective to take, as the listeners are going to be able to hear what it's like going through the experience of watching this anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... You brought up a point Uh, you can tell by what they're planting that it's going to be very interesting, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great segue to our next segment, which is story, which begins my gauntlet of perfect scores (laughs) of a perfect five out of five. Just absolutely stunning story wise. I have so many questions. You want to learn so much more from the beginning. They set so many threads up. That you can tell, even without having seen anymore, you can tell that they're going to pay off. And you know, like, who is this person? Who's Amelia? Oh, do you know that her name's Amelia at this point? Not really. In the first episode, you have no idea, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the dramatic end. And that sets up to where you're, you have to start asking yourself, what is a lie? What is the truth? How are these characters interacting? What part of these characters' interactions are important to the story and build versus what parts are important towards establishing who that character is? And wanting to answer those questions is really a large part of the enjoyment of the entire series for me. Yeah. Uh, I
1: thought that the story was amazing as well. I also gave it a 5 out of 5. There's... So many small things that you can tell are going to pay off later that it really makes you want to watch more of the show. And it's, the story and writing is definitely where the show shines. And you can tell that the characters are going to go somewhere. Yeah. That's mm-hmm.
0: interesting. Interesting. You have any thoughts on the matter, Nehemiah?
2: Story-wise, um, I will definitely say this anime has amazing cliffhangers. When it comes to a lot of their scenes, especially when they first introduce Amelia, right? You were, you were saying a good point where you don't know who this is. And that of itself is a cliffhanger. She's a really interesting character that they slightly introduce in that first episode. You're like, wait, who is she and what is her significance? Um, and then just, just the background of the story, the world, the past, that you want to just keep looking up more wiki information. Uh, it's so interesting. Uh, I think my last point is it's a smooth transition that they have from the beginning of the of it to the middle to the end for each episode. Uh, it's always so smooth. Mm. So five out of five for me. You know.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's just so mm-hmm. good. And it just makes you want to learn more. Who is the Witch of Greed? Where is Amelia from? What is going on? <laughs> Why is that brooch so important to her? why do you even care Mm -hmm. right and why do you care is my segue to the next segment characters i know we bled into it a little bit with the story because of how excellent the characters are they're so intertwined in the story it's almost impossible to keep them separate Mm -hmm. right yes oh my gosh the chemistry that they're able to establish between Subaru and Amelia in just that first episode and even those just first couple scenes they have together the way they're able to build each other up is just incredible and the way that you can tell that they both have issues and are flawed but help each other in certain ways without even realizing it just by being together right and you're able to see characters develop mid-story when they're the exact same character, right? You're able to see the Apple guy, right, develop from being, like, angry business guy to, like, oh, man, I I love my daughter. Like, man, maybe I treated you too harshly. Mm -hmm. And you're able to get a little piece of his personality each loop in a way that just truly leaves you wanting to know more about each of these characters in a completely authentic way without having to just explain to you that a character is a good person like this character believes this as so many series have to kind of resort to
1: yeah I agree completely uh, I thought that the characters were amazing and the way they built the characters through the different loops was a really cool idea and is a nice uh world building technique that we'll talk about in a minute uh, I thought that it was really cool uh, I think I I gave it a 4 out of 5 because... a skeptical 4 out of 5 because I can tell there's going to be more development as more loops happen, but within those first two episodes, there's just a little bit of character development you can have.
2: Hmm. Hmm, yes. Um, hmm. I will say my character uh, rating for this very much similar to Dak. 5 out of 5, always. Just because the interactions that Subaru has with Every other character is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I always forget her name, but the library neat that you meet later down the road, I I I love her. She's one of my favorite characters.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, he, well, I mean, I don't want to spoil no, anything. Of
2: course not. And then his interactions <laughs> with Amelia, his interactions with literally every character, uh, even Amelia's pet. <laughs> it's it just it's fuck. humorous. It's funny. It's relatable. A lot of these characters are relatable Mm -hmm. to you.
0: To you or to your friends. Right. mm -hmm. Yeah, and they feel so real because every character is given, like, a good and a bad side of the coin for every one of their personality traits very early Mm -hmm. on in a way that a lot of series are kind of afraid to do. Mm -hmm. A lot of series aren't willing to have their main character be a loser, right? A lot of their characters are just... uh, A lot of stories have characters that are just kind of bland so that way you can theoretically project yourself onto them, but I think it takes a true masterpiece to have such a bevy of characters that you don't have to be bland, you can be very exact, and yet everyone watching has someone they can kind of glom onto. My passion for this anime goes to no end, but unfortunately we're in the last category, the last of my 5 out of 5 gauntlet, and that is world building, okay? The world building in the show is so good. It's just astounding, right? The town feels so real. That opening scene where he's just going through and he's like, I can't read. What's going on? And ends up walking into a bathroom. Oh man, it's a woman's bathroom. Who would have known? Haha, right? Then he walks into a bar. This is a place for only demi humans, right? And so you're able to quickly establish, like, this society has rules, and Subaru just doesn't know them. And it's not like he's whisked off to this fantasy world where everything is exactly one-to-one with, you know, the real world, where they have the same values and they do things in the same way. They have their own cultures and their own subcultures. And the way that they're able to hint at those and give little pieces of information... That makes you want to know more about those cultures builds a full and fleshed out universe where not only do you want to know what happens to Subaru, you want to know, like, what goes on in that spittoon full of demi humans, right? Why do they care if a human goes in there or not? Is there some kind of race war going on? Mm -hmm. What's, what, what is going on in this town, right? Um, but I could, go on all day about how great the world building is to me i would like to know your opinions as well
1: i completely agree i love the way they build the world through the individual loops it's an awesome world building technique um i think that it's so unique of an idea like it's been done in groundhog's day sure but the way they do it here so you can build out a whole universe instead of just like a small town is a great idea I think it works really well. So, I mean, I get a 5 out of 5. There's... It's, the small details are so amazing. hmm Any thoughts, Neymar?
2: I'm it? 100% in agreement with Aiden right now. Just because... Maybe I'm being a little, you know... Weighed in on this amazing anime. But the world building in this is just so good. Even the city design is honestly pretty like decent. Like you were saying, uh, Dak... With the different sex mm-hmm. and demi-humans, humans, even just overall groups, right? Heroes, non-heroes, slums. It, it feels like a real world. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a the really good job here to make it feel like a unique world, but yet real at the same time.
0: Um, right, and I think I, I completely agree with that as well. I think that it has so much realness in that... It constantly is answering questions by creating new Mm. questions. It's constantly creating contradictions that we have to deal with in real life. And typically fantasy characters or characters in any kind of medium only have a certain kind of problem that is easily solvable, easily digestible. So that way they can point it out to the general audience and that audience can understand it, get on board and move on. But the way they're able to imply that there's problems beyond ones that are relevant to Subaru, that theoretically this society isn't perfect. Like there are actual things going on, people living their lives and maybe people that have just as interesting of lives as Mm -hmm. Subaru. That's kind of an exciting prospect. The way they're able to be uncanny and typical at the same time of a fantasy anime, the way they're able to be mysterious and revealing at the same time, and the way they're able to be divisive. And predictable, it's insane. I cannot stress enough how excellently it was done.
2: It's it's a masterpiece. Uh, I, I, I'll admit that. It's a masterpiece.
0: I could not agree more. Uh, any final takeaways from either of you boys?
2: Uh, one of my favorite takeaways that I have with this is just the desire for me to be in this world. Right? It's, it's such an amazing world. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be inside of it. Not a lot of animes do that to me you know overlord does that weirdly this anime does it and maybe it's just the studio that that makes me want to do that but it's such an amazing Mm -hmm. unique world with amazing characters that i honestly feel like i can relate to that i want to be in this world more than anything and another Mm -hmm. good thing about this world that i love is just it's relatable. like i said it's relatability the sonatas, the carefree heroes the library needs uh, the people in this world that relate mm. to my friends, to my family, to people I know, it just ties it even more mm-hmm. into my, you know, love of anime. And I think lastly, it's just, this was one of the first animes that introduced me into that gaming world uh, or st- lost in another world uh, type of anime. Isaka, Exactly. It, it was my first even though I didn't watch it all from the start, it was still my first, and it's really what made it an addiction to me. Uh, and so it's it's always mm. got a soft spot in my heart.
0: Mm. And I think it's very important how, how much it did for the genre and how subversive it was. It kind of took the groundwork that very, you know, floor-level, surface-level isekai, like, say, Sword Art Online put, and took it to the next level to make it, able to reach heights that I don't think those kinds of series ever really can.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It it definitely did that. Uh, Aiden, did did you have any Mm -hmm. takeaways you wanted to say?
1: Yeah, I had one more thing I wanted to add. And it's that if you're watching this for the first time toward during the first two episodes, you'll really get your interest peaked towards the end of it. It, the way it's the sudden like changes it has after the first like loop is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it, it'll grip your attention. So it's worth watching,
0: even if you're not going to finish the series. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to mm-hmm. end on. All right, boys. I think we're ready to move on to our next subject. And that is American Animation, BoJack Horseman. And using the same exact formula we used to calculate how much we liked anime, we went with American Animation. Uh, so for BoJack Horseman, under Animation and Art, I put a 2 out of 5. Why? You might ask? Well, because it's got that crappy flash animated bullshit that every American animated um, TV show wants to use. Now, is it awful? Like, does it hurt my eyes? Absolutely not. But there's so much more that can be done with the medium of animation and choosing that kind of lazy animation is just, you know, overdone and is really the only problem I have with the entire show.
1: I'm going to agree. Uh, it's an it's an ugly looking show. <laughs> if you're only in animation for the aesthetics, then you're going to hate this. Uh, but I, I gave it a 3 out of 5 instead of a 2 because I thought that the animation was fluid enough, despite the ugly style and art it used, to where it was warranted of just average. But it is a disgusting looking show. <laughs>
0: And again, that's just the animation. The reason it's not a one is because the art, I thought, was pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. That's my takeaway. <laughs> so, Nehemiah, you got anything to add?
2: Uh, for my rating on this animation, I honestly gave it a four out of three. I'm oh, sorry, four out of five. <laughs> just because, you know, it it, it was an amazing anima- animation overall. But I think they did it on purpose in my mind. Because it's, it's about... Mm -hmm. laziness it's about illnesses and mental illnesses and the lazy art style although probably honestly they could have used a better art style added to its overall Mm -hmm. mental you know show-offness right the main character is is not lazy but he's over the top and thinks everything's amazing about himself and even his roommate is lazy so it has that lazy feel throughout the whole thing that adds in my opinion a more realistic Mm -hmm. world Yeah.
0: And I think that's important. And I think that's actually a good point as I raised something similar later on in my review. But I think that's a good segue to move on. So let's talk about Mm. the voice acting. I gave it a five out of five as I felt like the amount of passion that these people had was really good. Will Arnett delivered these lines in such a funny way. Every character Mm. has this like every character has this completely distinct sense of comedy, right? And I don't think that a single writer can write that in to a series. I think that has to be developed by the cast. And the cast has to like each other. The cast has to have chemistry and the delivery of these lines is some of them just crack me up.
1: Yeah. The, the voice acting is amazing. It fits the characters perfectly and it adds to the comedy so much. Uh, the, the, the voice for Bojack Horseman himself is perfect for his character and his lines are just all delivered in in an incredibly funny way, which is something I don't normally say about uh, shows that are in the adult animation sort of genre. Mm -hmm.
2: For me, the acting, definitely uh, definitely amazing, The voice acting. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it very much for mine. It's a four out of five. It portrays like I was. I'm. I'm saying and this is going to be one of my takeaways later. I'll get to that. But it. It very much portrays the illness that they follow, and these actors don't just do it beautifully. They mastered it. it when you're hearing a BoJack Horseman, it's as though you're talking to someone that suffered from depression. Mm and vice versa with the uh with his roommate someone who's a homeless or even just lazy overall cuz he's not really homeless but he's lazy and he's been through a lot exactly there's there's in-depth character development through just their voices alone mm-hmm. and i think that they did an amazing job that's yeah, just what it is that, they did an amazing job
0: that's always the mark of just a great job done especially when voice actors are able to make these characters feel like they're real in that Bojack Horseman, to me, isn't Will Arnett, the way that, like, Harry Potter isn't a character to me. He's always Daniel Radcliffe, right? Because an actor can, like, usurp it, and you can be like, okay, everything Daniel Radcliffe in is always kind of Daniel Radcliffe a little bit, right? But Will Arnett makes Bojack feel like Bojack, and nothing more, and nothing less, and you I cannot ask anything more out of a voice actor, and so that's why I had to go perfect five out of five. Um, that's but,
1: a great point that mm. sort of makes the character come alive.
0: Yeah, and so I think that's a pretty good segue into the story itself. So, mm-hmm. for me, story, four out of five. Why is it a four out of five instead of five out of five? I was trying to think and separate out the characters from the story. The thing that makes you interested in Bojack Horseman, to me, is you want to know what these characters are thinking and what they're going to say. More than you want to know, like, what's going on in the world. What's going on in the story. And so, it ended up making it settle on a 4 out of 5. Just because I want to know, oh man, is Bojack okay? More than I want to know, oh man, is bojack gonna write a good book you
1: know yeah i agree Mm. the uh the story itself is not as good as the characters that are in it the stories are very basic and very simple but the characters that are within the stories make them come alive in a very special way and make them funny and also make them sort of feel real despite that it's animal people walking around (laughs) Uh, yeah The like the muffin, uh, the second episode, the muffin story arc, the story arc itself isn't what makes that fun. Mm -hmm. The story is bland, but the characters and the way they act
0: are what makes the story fun. Completely agree.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm I'm with you on that one.
0: You have any thoughts of your own, Nehemiah?
2: So I was just processing, I was just processing that first episode. (laughs) So in the second episode, of course, the first episode is the one that really gets me on this one this is why i'm giving it a a three out of five Mm -hmm. for story Uh, what i remember from the first episode and from the second episode is just what bojack was doing and what the other characters were doing and it's going to be the same thing that you guys are saying the characters are the show Mm -hmm. i i'm not i didn't I wasn't interested in, you know, Bojack writing the book like you said. I wasn't interested in the fact that he was drinking and didn't take his girlfriend home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was interested in just him going through his illness and him betraying and talking and, you know, being an asshole overall. <laughs> it was interesting. It was funny. It was humorous. Exactly. When he was complaining about the uh, bread at the uh, restaurant, I, I thought it was funny. But the rest of the characters in the world overall, I mean... I know very little, and I care very little, mm-hmm. so it's, it's definitely a
0: 3 out of 5. Alright, so I think we should move on to the characters segment. Now, I gave characters a 5 out of 5. This is heavily influenced by how much a few characters are so good. BoJack Horseman is so good you have to know that he's voice acted good and written well because there's no way that one or the other could reach a character to the heights that bojack reaches you want to know what's going on with bojack who is bojack bojack feels like he could be a real guy right like i cannot complain about anything about bojack i also care about um his roommate right You want to know what's going on with him and how he's able to be a bum, kind of, and made fun of. And yet, as you slowly learn uh, throughout those first two episodes, you see that he's more important to Bojack than Bojack is to him, especially from an emotional standpoint, as Bojack is breaking down and he's the only one there to console him and... Make sure that he kind of doesn't go crazy, right? And that, that development in such a short time is very interesting to me and done very well. The way they were able to establish Princess Carolyn and make her seem super bitchy and then just slowly walk that back and make her slowly more understandable. And you're like, wow, I wonder what's going to happen with Princess Carolyn. Is she really going to hitch her wagon to Bojack? She works for in a way that is dependent on Bojack that can't end well. Oh, I I want something good to happen to her. And I feel that way about so many characters throughout this show that again, I had to just give it a perfect five out of five.
1: Yeah. Once again, this is a show that I've only seen the first two episodes of and Dakota. And I don't know how much Nehemiah has seen, but Dakota's seen the whole thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I can tell that the characters are gonna. The characters have developed a lot in the first two episodes, and I I also gave it a five out of five. But I can tell they're gonna develop more the secondary characters because BoJack is such a fantastic character. It he's he's great. The characters that are more in the background too, that are like tertiary characters, like Mister Peanut Butter, that aren't good characters but are (laughs) hilarious and are good for what they are, also sort of contributed to being a five out of five for me.
0: So, Nehemiah, I'm going to throw it over to you for the wrap-up on characters. Characters
1: in
2: this, I you, you would already guess this, five out of five. It, it's just, they're so good. They display these illnesses just so well. You know, Bojack's loss of fame and how it affects him, mm-hmm. I, I feel that, I get that. I get, even though I've never experienced it, they portrayed that character so well, it's as if I understand exactly what he's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to Princess uh, I think her name was Pel- Pelotine. nope <laughs> Princess I, I've, I don't remember any of their names what was it? Princess Caroline Princess Caroline I thought it was there with a P whatever Princess Caroline she, her anger yes, her and her just you know her sheer annoyance at Bojack mm-hmm. gives you that almost girlfriend experience <laughs> right sassy girlfriend experience even (laughs) though like i may not have experienced exactly that i i feel for bojack Mm -hmm. and that's why i'm giving it a five out of five it's just these the character design is just so interesting and unique Mm -hmm. and a good three or four or five characters makes the show entertaining
0: so we're on to our final section of bojack horseman and that is world building as always so for me I gave world building a 5 out of 5 for BoJack. You see, the world is just our world. And yet, there's so many little things that differentiate it. Every sign is a pun... And I know a lot of people are tired of puns and a lot of people hate those little crappy jokes, but I just love it. I just love the diversity of comedy that's brought about by those just simple little jabs where instead of Lululemon, it's Lululeming. And that just makes me giggle. It just makes my day. And other than that, it's just Mm -hmm. Los Angeles. It makes your little heart flutter. Yeah, it makes my little heart flutter. And I just... (laughs) enjoy myself all the more while listening to the kind of existential dread that bojack goes through in every episode when you can laugh at Lemming or msnbc like the ocean like that kind of little yeah, joke just it, builds so well into the overall narrative and makes the world feel so much more real instead of just why is there a horse here why is there a whale on tv um and so i just gave world building a five out of five
2: Mm-hmm. hmm
1: Well, I gave it I I get I guess that you you're you make a good point, but it's not gonna change my opinion and it's a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Since I don't the background jokes I don't count as world building. It's not building lore for this world. It is just our world. And the way they do that is good for the show, but I, it, it doesn't execute any skill in world building in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Which it doesn't need to. The show is great without needing to develop a new world in any way. Mm-hmm. I I think that it that just having that as a category, that it's just sort of a three out of five. There's no unique like race wars or
0: anything going on. <laughs> like in ReZero. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense.
2: Yeah, I I I agree with uh Jen entirely on this. It for me it's a two out of three. The puns are great, but mm. when I don't see like, a culture being represented throughout the uh, characters, it mostly just feels bland. And, like, they're trying to force some humor at times Uh just to build the world around you. And I have no interest with any of the other characters except for the main five, really. Mm. And that's why I'm giving it a 2 out of uh, 5, just because, honestly, I didn't care about the the rest of the world. There was some humorous bits, but... I I don't get a lot of the puns, so... (laughs) It didn't add to anything. Sorry to go completely against you, Dak, all but right. <laughs> two out of five no, that's for me. fine.
0: Obviously, I picked my favorite, so I was going to rate them. I expected to rate them higher than everybody else. I do have a few takeaways that I do want to end this uh, section on BoJack with. First of all, I need to yeah. emphasize how this style of self detrimental comedy has never been taken to its logical extent in any way other than BoJack. If you have this sense of humor, this kind of new Gen Z like haha funny kill haha type type humor, you're going to find BoJack hilarious because despite being so tightly written as characters and the world being so tightly thrown together, there's an equal emphasis on the combination of absurdist humor and self-detrimental comedy and that sense of humor is just irreplaceable in any other thing that i've ever seen and another one i had and wanted to pose for both of you is this question was bojack looking for toaster strudels in the cabinet because he was drunk or did they make a mistake because the showrunners don't know what a toaster strudel is discuss (laughs)
2: I think it was a mistake. Oh
0: my God, you're right. I just,
1: <laughs> oh my God, I, I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> Why was he looking in the cabinet for the toaster strudel? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why? I feel like with toaster strudels being such an important part of yeah. those of the of the first couple episodes, that the show the showrunners have to know what it is, and maybe they were like. Putting it in there where he was looking for toaster strudels in the cabinet because you know he's drunk and hungover, so it's in character for him to not know where toaster strudels are. But also, it just posed that question in my mind: Was it on purpose? Do we forgive them for a mistake? Is it a is it a mistake at all, or is it just in character? I bet I think it's probably
1: on purpose, considering how good the rest of the writing is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. a pretty good hidden little joke too <laughs> yeah and they wouldn't know what a
2: toast struder is maybe they could have incorporated maybe like somewhere down the lines mm. one of the uh, writers made that didn't know what a toaster struder was <laughs> and made that scenario funny and so they added it to the humor of it to just kind of add like a funny pun <laughs> I like to think of that these story writers have done that at some point that they pull their humor from real life.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Do either of y'all have any takeaways before we wrap up? I mean, I've already said most of mine, but I think that having the main character be mentally ill and washed up and just an asshole in general was a great change up to the typical sort of main character, and adds a little bit of intelligence to that's not often seen
0: in adult animation mm-hmm. mm-hmm I agree with that I thought about that as well mm-hmm. and c- just literally could not agree more so I think we're good to move on to you Nehemiah if you want to wrap us up
2: yeah I it, it had an interesting you know appeal where the main character was obviously an asshole Ye- I only ever got that from other from animes, right? Mm-hmm. There's only a few animes that I get that from, uh, and I love those animes to be honest. Mm-hmm. Stuck in Another World as a demon exactly. uh, uh, slayer or stuff like that, where it's just they're funny because he's an asshole, and this is one of those cases where he makes it funny because it's, he's an yeah. asshole, and he, he's opposite of me, so it's like another perspective. You're able to
0: get those Konosuba vibes, away.
2: exactly. The yeah, it really it really gives you that, you know other perspective that maybe we don't have because most people aren't like that Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why i would say it's a very unique characters very unique portrayal of those characters and point of views uh and then a unique thing that i wanted to mention is that first intro with bojack Mm -hmm. i i don't know why but i love that intro where he just looks like he's just walking he's just standing through his life Mm. not caring not wanting to do anything and i think I think
0: that's so good. And that brings me to a point. I know I said I was going to let you wrap this up, Nehemiah, but I think there's only one way to wrap (laughs) this up. Back in the nineties, I was in a very famous TV show. That's so iconic. That beginning to the end song just gets you like so enthralled with the, with the, with the series. It just captures the vibe of everything. Back in the nineties, he was in a very famous TV show with that tone, with that sad kind of acoustic, but like half upbeat, um, tone going on in the background just makes you able to un- understand what's going on with Bojack just a little bit more just from that little tidbit of the ending song. And I thought that was kind of magical in a way.
2: Mm-hmm. It it was definitely a magical song.
0: <laughs> it's catchy. Yeah, for sure. I find myself humming it <laughs> a lot. Gets it stuck
2: in your brain. Yeah.
0: Alright. Well, I think we've all said our piece on BoJack, so let's move on to my favorite movie of all time, The Fifth Element. This, you know, a little bit of spoiler alert for the rest of the review, is the one of the only two where it was almost perfect. Almost fives across the board for me, quite frankly. And mm-hmm. so we're going to start off with acting, acting five out of five for me, specifically Lilu carries the acting the way she's able to develop and the way like the, the actress is able to go from just being so dumb and develop into just literally being the perfect human and do that in a believable way is I can only imagine just impossible for the average actor. You can also say that Bruce Willis's character, the way he develops from just being like kind of an asshole to being the literal representation of love for the universe by by opening his heart (laughs) and letting the um, letting the course of fate guide him to be just a little bit better person and a little bit happy. I could not imagine another person being put in the scenarios in this movie and acting it better. At least for the two main characters. And that's why I had to put 5 out of 5.
1: So I think that the acting was a 3 out of 5 overall. Um, ugh, the way that... Nothing really stuck out to me other than Chris Tucker in this whole movie, to be <laughs> yeah.
0: honest. God, Chris Tucker Chris Tucker
1: odd. carried the whole movie. <laughs> he made everything so good. And his... <laughs> His shameless portrayal of his character was amazing. <laughs> oh man. He, he did a good job. Yeah, but you really did. Really other than that, the acting didn't feel there wasn't very much opportunity for the acting to shine in the movie, so I can't blame it too much, which mm. is why it's not like a 2, but because the movie the way the movie was, there wasn't very many like crazy emotional scenes that needed crazy acting for. So really the actors just portrayed people doing stuff w- really well. They didn't look bad. But I think that overall it was about average. Interesting. Mm. I I, I see your point,
2: uh, Jen. I, I, I really do see it. But I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be an all five movie. It's literally my favorite movie. It was
0: your favorite movie too?
2: It, it, this is from my childhood this was the most amazing movie I ever saw when I was a kid so it's it's there in my heart forever Ooh. so the acting, 5 out of 5 I love Bruce Willis he, he's, mm. he's fucking he's amazing Part of my language but he's amazing he, he really portrays this grumpy dude that evolves like you were saying into a nice guy, whether it be Lu who did it to him or just the scenario he was in he or Chris Tucker even maybe <laughs> his character you know slowly pushed him to that nicer guy mentality.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It the acting was amazing. Their, the way they they work together and the cooperation was amazing. And I just love that Asian guy that sells the <laughs> uh, the food on the boat. Just the way he the scene where he's like floating off slowly and singing. Yeah, just it's just it warms my heart. It's just I want to be there. Mm. To experience those characters.
0: Yeah, I could not agree more. Aiden, I think so you're straight up wrong on this way. one. I might be. <laughs> I, I, I don't know much
1: about acting overall, so it's not my area of expertise. All right. Unlike cinematography, which is something I know quite a bit about, but it's not my turn. That, that was Dakota's a turn.
0: great segue. I was about to say the exact same thing. Aiden does quite know (laughs) know quite a bit about cinematography. Me, on the other hand, I like to think I also know quite a bit about cinematography. And in particular, Mm -hmm. I learned about cinematography through the lens of the fifth element. So I might be a little biased here as well, because I gave it a five out of five. And if I could have, I would have given it a six out of five. It is, (laughs) it's so good. The intense angles that they use throughout this the transitions that they do throughout this throughout the movie where for example it'll focus in on lilu's hair and then cut to a scene where the wall is the same color as her hair as the starting point for that scene the amount of hair that is taken the amount of just raw effort that goes into setting up a world that is this campy and yet this believable has never been done in any other movie ever made. And that's one of the main reasons this is my favorite movie of all time, is the cinematography and just how perfect it is. I could not ask yeah. for anything more.
2: Now, Jack, was it really the scenes of her hair that really, <laughs> you know, you loved? <laughs> I did write my. <laughs> There's a lot of other scenes.
0: Yeah, um, the introduction scene for Lilu, uh did a lot to shape my uh, taste in women. Let's just say that. <laughs> 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 it helped. It helped make the bad you I'm are. I'm <laughs> the man I am because of two women in film, and that's Lilu and that's Ramona Flowers. <laughs>
2: Oh, man, Ramona. God. I get it. I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she's very pretty.
1: Yeah. She is. <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm going to talk about editing in cinematography as well, and also art direction, because we didn't have that written down anywhere.
0: I did art direction under world building.
1: Okay, then I'll wait to talk about art direction. That does make sense. Um, so the, the editing is choppy Uh, despite I like the techniques they used of the color techniques they used, but the actual like cuts and the speed of the cuts during action scenes is very disorienting almost, but that's not cinematography. So I'm not going to include that in my cinematography score. That's just something I had to talk about. And there wasn't anywhere else to talk about it for the, the look of this movie is amazing. And the way they, the shot composition Mm -hmm. and the aesthetic of everything in the shots is perfect it the the shot of like the earth with the moon and mm. the dried up ball of rock is like beautiful
2: yeah mm-hmm. it,
1: so cinematography is a 5 out of 5 for me that i keep thinking of like shot like that shot of like the spaceship over the ancient ruins at the very
0: beginning with mm. the, with the aliens going down into it right or for me, a, a scene that always stands out is right at the beginning. The way they're able to use like the harsh lighting, and they're like lights, and then the spaceship then yeah. fixes it. Like that scene just works mm-hmm. so well.
2: Yeah, it does. It's one of my. It's it's a perfect scene. I still think about that scene mm-hmm. just because it was so good.
0: Exactly.
1: So that is my two cents on the cinematography. I love it. I would say mm-hmm.
0: I did include a little bit of editing. I did oh like. I, I would include editing in this section. Just a little bit. Okay. Like, not as the overdriving force, but like I said, I liked how the cuts from one shot yeah. to another. So, like, editing does play into cinematography a little bit.
1: Yeah, it does. I just... Yeah. I just didn't... The, the, the parts that... The visuals are what far go in with cinematography. Mm-hmm. The part I didn't have, I had a problem with with edging was like the cuts
0: themselves, not the mm-hmm. actual content of the show. I can see those issues, especially in the action scenes. It's just so choppy. it's just to me, the movie is not about the action scenes. So in my mind, I just looked right past that. But yeah. thinking back on it, I, I can see yeah. your point.
1: I still gave it a five. I love it. It's a beautiful movie. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Unlike Bojack Horseman. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly TV show. Unlike
2: whatever Bojack was.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs)
2: So, for me,
0: what are your thoughts?
2: Again, it's a five star movie. Five out of five, all the way. (laughs) I I love the transition scenes, Mm -hmm. especially the fighting scenes with Lelou. And maybe I'm a little biased there because of. Just, you know, what it presents in the cinematography mm. and, and in the movie <laughs> it is just really interesting. And it, it inc- and it incorporates unique points of view and angles such as the planet like uh, Jen was saying. But even some of the scenes that aren't like they're just supposed to be humorous the way they present them is unique. Like whenever he was going on onto the landing gear, mm-hmm. the scene right where it's like, it, it was kind of building up suspense and it was showing him from behind and it doesn't actually show him go under there. You just kind of assume he went into the landing gear mm-hmm. because of what they were saying with the, um, with all that was happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just scenes like that, that aren't really that you probably want it seem important, but they end up making it an important part of the, the, the story
0: hmm I completely And agree. I think that
2: was why it was beautiful cinematography.
0: All right. Seems like we're all on board there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a rare one. Perfect fives across the board. <laughs> now, I think we should move on to story, where I know we're not going to have perfect fives across the board, because story is my only four in this movie. Now, let me explain. Story is excellent, but there are definitely parts of this movie where the story takes the a back seat, especially to the design team. The job that the design team did is so good and so excellent that it kind of makes you forget that there are certain scenes that don't really need to exist. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't need to walk through the corridors of the ship that much, right? He doesn't need to... Even the even the whole opening scene, right, where they're in Egypt... That scene could have kind of just been implied and didn't really need to happen for the story to make sense, right? Like, I love that scene. It's so good. Cinematography in it is so good. I think the actors do a really well, really great job in that scene, and I'm glad that it's in there. But from a story perspective, if your job as a writer was just to write the tightest story, I don't know if that scene needed to be that long and that drawn out. But, uh, again, it's still a four out of five just because the story takes a backseat to the importance of the world building, which is something mm-hmm. I do not mind at all as world building is one of my favorite things about any franchise and I would argue that between if if you get a five out of five on world building and characters, I'm gonna love it even if everything else was a zero, right? So mm-hmm. I'm glad they made the story take a backseat, but I think they made it unnecessarily drawn out and a little bit confusing in certain scenes on purpose, just to kind of let the characters develop a little more and be a little more uh, campy and fun with the whole entire mm-hmm. vibe of the sh- of the movie. See, I don't
1: think the story is that great, and I don't think the story is what's important in the movie. Mm-hmm. the st- The story should take a backseat. And should really serve to just show off their visuals and their uh, costume designs and all. Mm -hmm. But I thought the story was just sort of in the middle to me. Like, Mm -hmm. if you just look at it through a lens, it's sort of like a find this thing, save the world sort of story. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of on the basic end, but the writing of the characters is really good. But that's not this category.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so I will hold my tongue for a little bit. Ooh, a little teaser. <laughs>
2: hmm. Ooh, I like that. I like that, Jen.
0: I wonder. For I mean, wonder why this is a five out of five to you, Nehemiah.
2: I'm only giving it a five out of five just because I love that world, <laughs> the story. Like, I just, I just enjoy space movies. Mm-hmm. I, I love future. I love space, and I love those aliens from the beginning.
0: <laughs> I do love the aliens. I don't design. know why
2: or what. A, yeah, I don't know what about them has always intrigued me as a kid but it has and you know maybe i'm biased oh well i'm biased but i love the story in this anime or this anime (laughs) and the story in this movie Mm -hmm. so much that i would say it even but it's so unique
0: in the way it portrays the good and evil aspect right corporation versus you may love the story but yeah. I think we can all be in agreement that we like... A corporation
2: of, like, the corporations versus the monasteries and, mm-hmm. you know, just general love. Like, love beat be one in the end.
0: I think there's another thing. And it was just
2: an interesting story overall. I don't know. It's five out of five. It's hard to explain, but it is for me.
0: <laughs> I get it. Nostalgia glasses are hard to shake. I-, I completely understand. Um, For me, I think we should move on to what is usually the most important part of any given movie. And that's the characters. To me, 5 out of 5. Lilu is believable, develops well. I already kind of mentioned a little bit about Bruce, how Bruce is actually has character development. And then you also have Chris Tucker, who actually has character development and is well-written, despite being perfect from the minute he steps on the screen. Chris Tucker takes these characters and makes it a 5 out of 5, to me. Like, between Lilu and uh, and Bruce Willis's character you'd think oh it's a four out of five maybe 4.5 out of five at least to me and Chris Tucker just takes it to the next level the fact that the entire cast of Friday mm-hmm. is in this movie makes me so happy everyone except you know everyone except for the main character of Friday of course but the fact that Debo from Friday is the president it's just so funny all I can think about is how the president's just going to walk up to someone and steal their chain. And that just makes me laugh. And it makes me happy. And everything about this movie just leaves a smile on my face. Even talking about it, I'm just smiling and giddy.
1: He does have a little beaming little little smile. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, so it, I agree with Chris Tucker being like a driving force with the characters i put hit i put my score as four out of five but also chris tucker five
0: out of five (laughs) you had to make sure to emphasize chris tucker i completely understand
2: so it was seriously seriously just him. yeah (laughs) he
1: he carries the movie but like the development is good between all the characters like Mm -hmm. you said uh i think less so with bruce willis than with Mm -hmm. uh but i still think that the, i think that the monk characters were kind of crackery
0: i do agree they were very mm-hmm. vanilla
1: but other than that i think that the characters were good not great and other than chris tucker who just made the movie so much more enjoyable
0: god i love chris tucker
2: he he really did he really did yeah
1: and you probably would have
2: guessed it <laughs> for me it's a five out of five.
0: Oh, five out of five. Uh, you may not
2: like Bruce Willis. I love Bruce <laughs> Willis as just an actor. Mm-hmm. So I, I like his personality throughout this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Chris Tucker obviously, he's the star. Let's be honest mm-hmm. here. He's the real star of the show. Uh, LeLu, unique unique way they made they made build up that character throughout the whole thing. It just was an amazing character development. And background, and even giving Lelou such a mysterious background, mm-hmm. kind of added a mystique. And with uh, Bruce Willis being this brute, muscular, almost robotic soldier, Typical turning into movie this guy. love machine. Yeah, <laughs> he's actually a movie guy. And in the end, he turns into this love machine. Let's be honest with ourselves; we know the ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a—I don't know—it's a warming thought to see that and Chris Tucker's amazing. I don't know who the actor is, but whoever sings, whoever does the singing for the blue girl, she
0: it's an, it's actually an Austrian, uh, uh, opera singer.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. Absolutely amazing. I just, I just love that scene. The entire party scene was amazing.
1: Yeah. The way they kept cutting between the action and the, uh, singing was really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And cinematography was in that, but we already skipped that part. Characters,
0: 5 out of 10. 5 out of, five out of 10. 5 out You're of 5. You're always changing the out of. 5 out of 3. 5 um, out of 10. 5 out of 5. What is it? Pick it! I, I forget our rating system the second you told it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic Nehemiah. <laughs> classic Nehemiah. Well, classic, yep. I hope you didn't forget world building, because this segment... On world building, I could make a whole podcast on the world building of the fifth element. The art design, Mm -hmm. the character design, the way they were able to establish and make this world that is so ridiculous and campy feel like a real world that someone actually lives in that real people could just walk into. And you could just wake up tomorrow in the world of the fifth element and understand the world and feel like it's real. You wouldn't have to have a gross adjustment period. You wouldn't need any of that. And yet it's so ridiculous, right? I cannot imagine them doing a better job. I truly can't. I want to, Step back and emphasize the art direction, okay? Chris Tucker's outfits batshit crazy and amazing, right? <laughs> the really is the design yeah. of the city, awesome. Like, I, I just have nothing to complain about, and could just go on and on and on about how many things I want to know more about. There's all these different kinds of aliens. They're having illegal brokerage deals. What goes on in this universe when they don't have one common impending threat, right? What goes on between these alien groups? There's so many different groups of people introduced throughout this movie that seem to have their own cultures and their own ideas for how things need to happen and why they need to mm-hmm. happen. Um Are you trying yeah. to save the world? Are you trying to doom the world? Are you just trying to screw over a guy because you're just kind of an asshole? like? The interesting dichotomy, I guess trichotomy, between those three systems of thought just leads me down a rabbit hole of, wow, what is what did this person think? What does that person think? And that's kind of the vibe that you want to get out of your audience, especially when you're trying to build a cohesive world.
1: Yeah, the, the way that it does make you think about things in the universe and go down your own sort of try to make up your own fifth element universe movies in your head about characters is really cool. Um, the The biggest thing about world building I love is the art direction and the costume design, the costume design for all of the people is so bonkers. Just the whole movie is bonkers. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. a, it's a wacky time and the costumes reflect that perfectly. <laughs> Everything looks great. The ki- normally I wouldn't even talk about costume design it really in a movie, is but it's just so good in this movie that I need to bring it up. And uh the art direction. This movie is a gorgeous movie. Everything looks so cool. It it really is just a wonderful a treat for the eyes. It's like a like a lollipop for your eyelid. Yummy. I I will say
2: Mine isn't as complex as you two. I, I just absolutely love Future in Space. I, I'm not going to lie about it. It's a five out of five only because it's in space. <laughs> and I just love the way they design the ships yeah. and the uniqueness there. And even the humor they put into it. I think that's right? very and interesting. In the beginning scene where that, with the pretty much the planet or the, the whatever that thing is, I don't even remember. I, think, I watched the movie, I don't even remember what it was called. <laughs> the evil yeah. destroys the ship. Just that scene of it just being annihilated, or taking the weaponry and just going, it was nothing. It ate it, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Something about all of that world building, and space, and future, and the Asian dude that was selling the chickens. (laughs) It was just, it was amazing. I'm drawing it back to that. It was an amazing world.
0: I think that's very interesting because you point out that like you love it because it's spacey and I kind of love it because it's subversive of what you'd think. It's so different than Star Trek. It's so different than a Star Wars that it makes it interesting and exciting because it doesn't just live by those same rules that are established by giants in the medium. It kind of just goes and it says, hey, if there were 85 billion different worlds going on each of them would have their own culture they'd have their own outfits that they wear they'd talk in slightly different ways they'd have special abilities like that kind of attention to detail is unique even compared to the other sort of uh similar medium the similar uh shows in the medium that you're referring to
2: i think what i'm getting from it too is it's real it feels real
0: all right so I think we're at a good place to wrap up the fifth element. I would like to emphasize as my takeaway, Lilu is hot. Fan service mm-hmm. uh, is so often neglected or done in poor taste, <laughs> especially in American media, that you just have to roll your eyes and say, oh, that's kind of gross. Oh, come on. But the way they're able to like build in the fan service in a way that's completely believable and doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth is unique especially among American films. Any takeaways? They could have picked any wardrobe
2: options for Lilu and they picked the best wardrobe options every time.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I I love it. I I could not complain about it. The decisions that are made From a fan service perspective, it's exactly how it should be done. It's not forced. It feels natural. And it plays into the overall campiness of the movie, that tone that I love. That it's so hard to pull off in a movie that's not meant to be a straight comedy, where you have that kind of campy tone that makes everything just a little more believable. Because when you go through life, you're not just serious asshole all the time, even if that's your main personality, crack a joke every once mm-hmm. in a while, right like everyone wants to be happy and kind of set a vibe of positivity in their lives and that vibe mm-hmm. is perfectly established throughout the movie, making it just again my favorite movie of all time. Either of y'all have any takeaways before we move on yeah it's
1: it's a really fun movie overall like. You can watch this movie when you're in a bad mood and you'll be immediately happy again. It just has a great sort of happiness to it. It feels like a like a like a if like you had like childhood put into like a little pill
0: that was a movie. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like you're just imagining things with your friends and playing a little game kind of like the scenes in um Kind of like the scenes in a community where they're in the imagination room. And it just seems like the kind of thing people would bring up while they're just imagining things. It's quite amazing. Exactly.
2: Hmm. That is, that's a very unique point right there. I mean, with community, it was always such a good show because of their imagination. And I feel like that's the key. That's one of my key takeaways, my last takeaway. Sorry to, you know, throw my last sense here. Is the imagination in this anime, or anime, I keep saying anime, <laughs> what's wrong with me today? This movie is amazing. These, these story writers really thought this through, whether it be wardrobe, to characters, to just the sheer fan service that they provide with Lilu.
0: Mm-hmm. It's It's so perfect. <laughs> and I think that's where we need to leave off, is I think everybody can agree with the statement it's not the perfect movie, but it may very well be the most fun movie ever made. Exactly, I can yeah. agree with that. All right.
1: Mm-hmm. so right.
0: Let's move on to a TV show that is significantly less fun <laughs> and is my favorite TV show, The Witcher. Now, The Witcher, one of its strongest points to me is the acting. Five out of five for me, the way that uh, Henry Cavill... Is able to keep those straight faces and actually make you believe that he's someone who doesn't have emotions and establish that early on in the first episode only to immediately say only to immediately show little cracks that make you question that is the kind of acting Mm -hmm. that you use as a film to teach people how to act right like showing just the scenes of him in that in in the show, you could teach someone to be a great actor. It's, such, it's how great he does. The way that every time mm. they introduce a character, they have believable, you know, beliefs that make you feel like they're like they're real. And that is expressed directly through their expressions and the way that they go about um expressing that verbally as well. It's just the Queen and how she's able to have that serious stoicness and then kinda of crack a little bit when she's around her husband to show that like she cares about her people, but she really cares about her husband. And the way that she Yeah. And the way that she's able to just completely break, but hold herself together by, by crying out of that one eye when realizing that war's about to break out and realizing that the prophecy that she's so scared of is coming true and just trying to not bear the responsibility for the death of all of her people and everyone she loves. And she's able to express that in like five seconds and you just understand it perfectly. I, again, perfect five out of five acting for me. You can take it away from here. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So I thought the acting was good overall. Henry Cavill did good. Uh, The kids, the kids were (laughs) terrible though. The kids made me cringe especially that scene where the other one where like the, the supernatural one was like screaming and the rock was
0: falling that was made me laugh yeah that scene was pretty bad i agree yeah. with that. it made
1: me laugh <laughs> and but
0: the acting overall
1: i thought was good not like oscar worthy or anything but just pretty good mm-hmm. it fit it fit the medieval sort of drab world really well, though. So, acting to me
2: is a five. It's it's a five. I just gotta say it now. I love Geralt. I love him. He... I I, I never remember the guy's name, but... I know you said it, Dak, but... Superman! He portrays Geralt so well to the original games, that is as if I'm watching the game being portrayed.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: As if I'm playing it. He he is Geralt in my mind right now.
0: He really does completely it, embody the character and just gets mm-hmm. invested in it in a way that you kind of feel like a character hasn't been able to do since the Joker. Exactly. And even though he shows such strict and
2: serious f- Emo- like, uh, facial features and, and feelings. It's as though, though, you can still feel what he's thinking. You he can feel his irritation at Dandelion. You mm-hmm. can feel his irritation at these monsters and his dedication to his craft. He, he just portrays it so well. You really, it's like you're getting in the mind of Geralt again when you're playing him in Witcher 3. But I'm watching him. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: And I mean, Dandelion even has really good acting, even though he could be really annoying. That's, great acting. He really is annoying.
0: <laughs> you can't ask anything more out of a bard. All right, all right. So, it's good acting. I just
2: I can't I can't express
0: it enough. Okay. I again agree completely. Let's move on to cinematography. Now, I put cinematography at a 5 out of 5 for The Witcher. I thought there were so many beautiful scenes that it did make up for the ones that were a little lackluster. This one was pretty much exactly a 4.5 out of 5, but I hate people that won't make a commitment. So I went so I went ahead and threw it up to 5 for me. See, mm-hmm. there were beautiful scenes, and especially just that opening scene and the pungentness that that opening scene leaves. And specifically in TV shows, action scenes like that are usually cringy as hell dude and that opening action scene felt good it felt real it felt like you were controlling him in a video game and which is exactly the kind of vibe that uh, that you want the way that they're able to portray the magic in a much more realistic and understandable way than i think most uh most other directors would take it also makes me really really enjoy the cinematography like the ability to show the magic uh, when he's creating the wall to keep people from breaching the castle and sell it yeah. in a realistic way without having to like give it some kind of green mist that makes it like totally obvious to the people is just job well done 10 out of 10 I guess 5 out of 5
1: <laughs> yeah I um I gave it a four out of five because there were some scenes that were kind of lackluster, but there were some great scenes there too. Uh, the, the opening yeah. scene in the swamp, everything looked so good, mm-hmm. but the town that they were in the first episode was just sort of bland and crowded looking and didn't really look visually appealing. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm they, I'm sure they were doing that intentionally to show how unpleasant the town is. I just felt like... Some like some scenes looked beautiful, some scenes looked lackluster, and I had the same situation as you, and I was at a 4.5,
0: and I decided to go down instead of up. All right, Nehemiah, you gotta break the tie.
2: Cinematography. C- cinematofo- dang, I can't say it. Cinematography-
0: <clears throat> I, it's
2: a 5. Nehemiah, are you are just
0: an easy- you just love everything that I love, or are you just I'm an a- easy grader?
2: <laughs> we <Well>, wait till <laughs> we get the Pokemon
0: Snap. Uh, oh
2: God. It just so happens- these, these, these ones that we've been picking are some of my favorite. Like The Witcher, my two favorite shows now is The mm. Witcher and Mandalorian. It's a hard pick because I, I love The Witcher series so much. So cinematography, I love the way Geralt moves mm. his attacks, his, you know, the way he, 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 he's betrayed in those scenes where he's resting. The light, the lighting in a lot mm. of situations. Well, I had
0: the lighting noted uh, as well. That even, was so good to me.
2: Even that one scene that you were talking about, Dak, where uh, the queen one tear goes down her face when she realizes what happens—that's a part of cinematography, although you know, acting is, of course, it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful movie, mm-hmm. and the way they incorporate all the all the scenes, it's all the transitions—it's
0: so all visually the stunning. It feels like each episode is its own movie. <laughs> exactly.
2: And so, five out of five, tie's yeah, broken.
0: Hey, screw you, dude.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I
0: can't <laughs> believe you had <laughs> to
1: me. I'm sorry I'm more critical than you two.
0: <laughs> I, I can't believe you <laughs> went against us like this. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going on to uh, the next category, which is story, which for me was a very hard thing to separate, because I know the story's good because of the video games. And I know the story's good because of the novel. But rating the story just based on how um, the TV show does it and rating it based on how it does it in the first episode specifically made me bump it down to a four out of five, keeping it from having perfect fives across the board. The problem I have with the story is they hint at so many things in that first episode that it makes you want to watch more. And that's good. But also I don't think there was a good enough balance between short term and long term payoff. Now those characters are like, for example, Geralt is connected to uh, the princess. Easy to see, plain to see. But the fact that I know that they're not going to see each other for so long and that, that, storyline is a little drawn out to me in that I want to see more. I want it to progress just a little bit more um, rather than going on and showing these equivalents of a side quest which are good for character development, of course, right? He develops yeah. so much as a character over the course of that first side quest that is really the first episode. But it's really irrelevant to the overall story. In the long run,
1: yeah, I felt like the first episode was just an isolated yeah. incident that's going to build to more. Mm-hmm. So I ended up giving it a three, but I speculate, but like it's a speculative three again. So it's like I can tell it's going to get better, but this is just for that first episode by itself, without knowing anything else about The Witcher because I've never played the games, read the books, or seen any more of the show. So I thought that it it was yeah. kind of like all over the place, trying to balance mm-hmm. three different plots at once or two i guess now that i think about it a little bit more but it's just shifting between the two back and forth kind of messes up the tones of both and makes me feel like the story is a little bit weaker overall mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's bad in any way i like it it's and i can tell it's going to be more interesting and it is gripping oh
0: you said the oh thing. my god i said
1: it's
2: very it's very gripping
1: but on like looking at it as as it is in just that first episode, if as if that first episode was in a void, it's the three for me.
0: Hmm. Nehemiah, you've been uh, you've just been throwing fives out. You you gonna throw us our first five for story?
2: Sadly, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the story. The reason I'm not giving a five is because I'm actually similar to you, trying to separate myself from the games, and it's really hard. But the movie does a great job at representing the the definitely the games mm. at least. We're, but I don't know. I guess for me it just doesn't. It, I guess the way they did it maybe because they did it over a time period and maybe because mm. I haven't even finished it. Uh, I haven't watched all the show all mm-hmm. the episodes. I don't know. I, I give it a four out of five. It, it has a lot. It has a little bit to improve. I feel like there's still mm. more they have to show for me to give it that yeah. five. Also, didn't want to give it just a five out of five. <laughs> Because I'm so, I'm such a uh, easily persuaded individual. Just cheerful. I like I like everything. But I, I really do think they could have portrayed the the story just a little bit more. It's just it. Sometimes it feels a little bit over the place. I like it sometimes. But unless you played the games or read the novels, if you. I see it as if you watched it, you wouldn't fully know what's happening. I
0: completely agree with that. And I think they did it on purpose, especially in the early show, which is why I can forgive it and why I gave it a four instead of a three. But you can tell there's a lot going on that doesn't make any sense that is clearly set up and is going to be paid off later. And when I see it paid off later, it feels good and makes those episodes so much better. But I feel like the detriment of this Mm -hmm. show is whether or not you think that those questions are too glaring too early on with too little payoff? I think that's a good place to leave off for story. Next, we have characters. Now, I gave characters a four out of five. I love every character in the first episode, except I hate the princess. She sucks. Like, there are some scenes where, really? like, like, the opening scene that she's in, I like her a little bit, but. Um, the scene where she's in the castle and kind of freaking out, I don't think she does a good job of selling it. She kind of feels out of place, especially when even the side characters are out acting her. And I get it, she's a kid, and child actors are always going to kind of have that problem. But, um, to me, it's it's a four out of five, just because there, there were some scenes that didn't feel believable with her. Especially when she's on horseback, that scene where she, where, uh, She's running away and, uh, her guard gets shot. Doesn't really sell that. The scene that Jen brought up earlier about the, uh, the screaming, (laughs) like her selling of it is almost as bad as the effect that is done on it, right? Like it doesn't feel good. And I feel like she didn't give them a lot to work with. And that's why that scene ended up a little bit cringy. So again, four out of five. Uh, I already talked about how good Geralt was, and even um, the woman that gets killed in the first side quest is just excellent. Like, she does a great job of portraying that character, selling yeah. that character, selling that that character is both a good guy and a bad guy, and kind of setting up the moral ambiguity that is a common theme throughout the series. Um, I cannot complain about the characters other than Princess Cirilla. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah. I like the characters Mm. overall, too. Um, I thought that they were good, not fantastic. I gave it a four out of five as well, Um, which is very rare that we agree. Mm. But um,
0: I like Geralt a lot, or Geralt. I think Uh, it's said both ways throughout the series, if I'm being honest.
1: I like him. I think you just pronounce (laughs) it any way you want. I like that he has little bits that shine through every once in a while, even though he's supposed to be completely emotionless. Mm-hmm. And that adds a lot to him. He also has an, an interesting moral compass. And it made me want to have more of him in the first episode. Since I'm sure the, I'm sure the show, since it's his show, is going to have more of him later on. It just felt like him spending half the time in his first episode not even being there was just sort of less than ideal. Mm-hmm. But that's not even a character's complaint. That's just a complaint mm-hmm. overall. That
0: makes sense
2: nah that that's a reasonable rating and like i i've said on the previous review you had you've probably taken the look of this of a, of a brand right. new viewer and whereas i've seen a lot of it i know it gets way better when they finally gum mm-hmm. all together and they're not and it's not just showing their individual stories when you're like where, where the hell's good gerald what's exactly. going on and for me it's a five out of five. I'm going back to my <laughs> lovely, lovely Ways, throwing everything out there. Just cause Geralt. I just it's just straight Geralt. He he's a beautiful man.
0: You can't argue with that. He's very pretty. And
2: <laughs> I just love the way he fights with Dandelion. It's just so real and yet very much mm-hmm. the game. And I just I love the game and so
0: All five right. out of five. Well, speaking of 5 out of 5s, we're on to our last category, and I would not be surprised with the 5 out of 5 sweep here. Aiden is really the wild card on this one, but the world building is done excellently to me. The way they're able to establish the monsters early on, establish the threat level that's constantly looming, introduce new characters in interesting and diverse environments, as well as letting everyone know that there's some kind of connection throughout the world that the characters refer to as fate and is that fate just common happenstance is fate a divine force is fate just you know everyone speaking something into his existence as they say the word fate and i feel like that theme and that that draw of wanting to know more about this world. I want to see these monsters. I I love the design. I love how they establish early on how there's curses that impact people and turn them into monsters and how they're able to decide in this world what is and is not a monster. Are you evil because you're hungry and you happen to eat someone as a monster? Or are you a monster because you make the moral decision to murder interesting to think about and Mm -hmm. it harkens back to the philosophy uh the philosophical idea that jen brought up earlier that i had in my takeaways just the way they're able to establish that every character kind of has a unique philosophy and a unique way of thinking about the world that makes it to where you don't second guess when characters make different decisions you understand what makes that character the character Because of how they were built through world building.
1: Yes, I I love the world building in this show. It is my favorite part of it by far. There's so many little lore tidbits that are splashed in that I don't know anything about yet. But I'm sure I'm going to learn more as I watch the show. Because the the world building is probably the only reason I'm even going back to The Witcher for Episode 2. Because everything else I thought was okay to good. And the world building is just great and adds so much to it. The monsters, the wizards who talk about like weird prophecies and stories of people being locked in towers that i don't know any context to that i want to know more about make me want to see the rest of the show
2: that's those are really good inputs there um Mm.
1: you were right dak i knew it it's a sweep i I could
0: feel it it was so clear to me me that it was going to be a sweep
2: it's just the world building uh especially with the show overall compared to the games even the novels there was stuff that i mean i never read the novels so i can't really say too much on those but there was stuff in the game that i guess i didn't experience that the that the the show Mm. brought to light i actually learned more than about the the game even the world overall from just the world Mm -hmm. building of the show and there's powers that were presented in the show that i didn't actually know existed they might have just been on in books in Witcher Three, because I only really played mm-hmm. through the Witcher Three and Two. I never played the first one. Um, there was such situations in the in the show that that put it to light. Just the structures in place, right? The wizard Wizards Association or the Warlock Associations, the, uh, the the even just the dramatic difference that uh, the the witch girl. I always forget her name. Went from being poor and pretty much ugly and beaten a pigsty, if you would think of it, a pig pigsty, all the way to That's being an one of the too. highest wizards and strongest wizards in the world, or witches. And Jennifer, yes, I uh, well, I why I'm bad with names, so I'm gonna get everyone's name wrong unless it's Geralt. And really, it it's just the realistic dynamic that this has. I could see this as both. A realistic medieval times world, right? With combat, swords, you know, dirty, dirty uh, conditions. But also the magic in it was built up. And it's, again, one of those worlds I wish I could be a part of. I wish I could have been a part of it in freaking the game. But in the show, it even exemplifies it even more that I wish I was a wizard in that world.
0: Right. It just adds a little bit of flair. It adds so much flair. Exactly. All right. So I
2: five out of five. So
0: it's a sweep. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I actually do have two takeaways that I want to leave off with. First of all, the way they establish characters by making you want to ask questions as you want to know, you're able to see what a character should be, what a character is, and what a character tries to present themselves as all very early on. And it makes everyone feel real. Because I feel like you don't understand a character until you've seen them in multiple circumstances or in multiple lights. And The Witcher does an excellent job of displaying that. I also wanted to talk about how great of a job it does at leaving you with questions. Like, how are these characters related? What time is each event happening in relation to each other? Who is who is Gerald? Who is Gerald's Teacher that he talks about. You don't know, mm-hmm. but they're just mentioned offhandedly, and it builds this world and just establishes that there is more that you're going to learn, that they're going to teach you, and there's probably more that you'll never be able to learn because this world is real mm-hmm. and evolving.
1: It's a dynamic world. Uh, mm. I have a separate takeaway that's completely unrelated, but the special effects used for the violence and blood were very inconsistent, and this is like a nitpicky complaint. But it's something that bothers me because I love special effects. And sometimes they were done horribly using CGI blood. And that's more in the massive battle scenes or in like sweeping action shots than it is in other parts. But other times they used really, really good practical effects. Like you could see the divots in what's-her-name's-neck, where she got stabbed towards the end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. And you could it looked like it was an actual wound with real blood coming out instead of, like, the CGI that was used for the rest of the episode. So the violence being inconsistent kind of bothered me, but not to any extent
0: to where it would change how I feel about the show. That's an interesting yeah. thought. I didn't even notice any CGI blood. I just was rolling with the punches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: as someone who like watches movies a lot, I can, I've sort of learned how to tell when blood is practical CGI and, or when blood is CGI. Mm. And typically CGI blood looks a little bit worse.
0: That's true. Mm. I'm a big practical effects guy myself, so I can get on board with that. Nehemiah, you have anything mm. to wrap us up for me with this? I think my main takeaway,
2: and I've been saying it already, let just love Geralt. He's just a- <laughs> <laughs> He's just an amazing actor. The actor who played him is just amazing. And the overall clothes and appeal does, uh, use throughout the entire show is pretty good. I mean, yeah, Jennifer does often wear very similar things, but I just love it. I just love it. It's like this fantasy world. It's like being in a fantasy world, and it's like experiencing a fantasy world. So that's That's my only takeaways overall. You know, nothing
0: insane, nothing crazy. All right, all right. I think it's time to move on to our first video game segment. Anyone excited? I am. I love this game. (laughs) The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth. My favorite modern video game. Now, one thing that I think is a consistent theme among my um, ratings is that my video game's even though they're my favorite, I actually rated them pretty harshly upon myself. So yeah. for graphics, for Binding of Isaac, I put a three. The art is really good. It's very smooth. Everything looks good, but it's just not, it's not great. Like they, there's so much more that can be done with the medium of video games. And I feel like they had to go with a more minimalist style in order to have those procedurally generated dungeons. So I completely understand it. It's just, I feel like so much more could have been done. And it really left a, you know, mediocrity kind of flavor in my mouth.
1: I rated it as a four out of five myself. I thought that the graphics were really good for the character models, but the actual backgrounds looked bland. Mm -hmm. The backgrounds were... Very bland, but the sprites for the creatures and bosses mm. are so good, and it, they move so smoothly that I can completely forgive the backgrounds. And overall, I love the aesthetic and art direction, and just everything about the look of the game is amazing to me.
2: I will say Bind of Isaac, I mean, graphical-wise, it's very indie. It It's 100%, and it's a roguelike indie game. It's It's your basic indie game. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it, the overall you know, rating for me is going to be a 2 or anything. It's at least a 3 or a 4. I'm going to go with 3 just because I really grade my games incredibly mm-hmm. hard as a game dev. Mm-hmm. I have to. Um, I feel like they could have 100% done better with some of the uh, background and actual scenery. And, you know, the assets mm-hmm. there. So, like, the rocks... I feel like they could have added a little bit more shading just to make it pop a little more. Instead, it kind of looks a little bland at times. Or the, the floors in some of the levels. Maybe that's just my personal critique. I I mean, I did like the actual enemies. Um, the bloat fly guys and even the bloat flies. Mm. I felt like they were simple the but Duke elegantly the done. You know, it was good cartoon. Exactly. It was good cartoon animation. Yeah.
0: And, and I agree graphics, with it. I, I think guess. it was great when you judge it as an indie game, but if you judge it against every video game, to me, it's a three. And so, it's really like, where Mm. do you want to take your perspective from? I'm comparing it to every modern video game. And modern video games are just capable of a lot more. And that's my only gripe. That's fair enough. Um, I think we're good to move on to gameplay, which I gave a five out of five. There's nothing to improve in the gameplay. I... I will be very surprised if either of y'all have anything to improve with the gameplay. It's buttery smooth. It's, it feels so good to play as Isaac to just like kind of be a little bit floaty, but in a realistic way, your tears actually move in the direction that you're moving. And so momentum is not just null and void. The way that the gameplay is random makes it to where you can't just memorize a path like you can in so many other games you have to actually understand the mechanics get a little bit of luck and just get better you have to get good to have fun and that's that's a more fun concept to me than just memorizing exactly a button input yeah Yeah, i agree it's a Mm. five
1: out of five it is amazing i love bullet hell games and the way it takes bullet hell concepts and dungeon crawler concepts and sort of mashes them together is awesome. It feels great to move around. The pick, The power-up system is nice. I especially like how you can get negative ones, too, to make the game more spicy. Uh, fighting mm-hmm. the bosses is incredibly fun. I'm not very good at this game at all, but I can tell with a little bit of practice. And It's a very yeah. skill-oriented game. But it's
0: hard to keep all your heart. Yes, let's be honest. It's so fun, though. And the way you can customize builds too. you can go with a demon build or an angel build or a health build or a DPS build. And a lot of times you have no choice. And a lot of times you have a little bit of a choice. And sometimes you can completely recustomize your character and never really knowing going in what your gameplay experience is going to be like. From both a map perspective and, um, a character perspective, it's just perfect to me. Sorry to cut you off there, Nehemiah.
2: You're good. For me, it's a five. I love the gameplay. It gives me that, um, enter the dungeon mm-hmm. feel, right? A difficult, fast paced moving. You gotta dodge, you gotta move, you gotta, you know, attack. And you're, it's a difficult game. It really is a good game. And like, uh, Jen was saying with the power ups, Sometimes you get negative uh, builds, one of them, a <laughs> coat hanger. You just stab it through your head and it <laughs> it makes your character, for a better word, yeah. look retarded. It's pretty funny. And, you know, the incorporation of the story into the gameplay itself
0: is also pretty interesting. And I, I just love the gameplay. All right. I think we're all in agreement there. I think we can move on to story, which I can't imagine being that long of a segment, considering as the only story of this game is the beginning and the end, and I know at least one of us hasn't even seen the end. So, the story does a great job of setting everything up, creates kind of a religious allegory, and so it does a good job for what it is, but it doesn't really advance throughout the game in any way that is story-based rather than world-building-based, And so my answer to the question was very much entwined with what is story and what is world building, right? So for me, I put story at three out of five because it's just average. It does its job and it does it well. But story is a lot better if we include the fact that you can get a power-up called Brother Bobby, which means you have a dead brother who's gone through the same situation, right? Is that story or is that world building? I think it's world building. World building is a lot better if... You think from a character design perspective, the enemies all look exactly like you, right? Is that world building? Is that characters? Is that it, or is it story? I don't think it's story. I think it's world building. So again, I put story at three out of five because the only thing that I I counted as story was the opening cutscene, and it does a good job. Nothing special. Yeah, exactly. It sets up
1: everything perfectly while not being too great. It's it sets... It just makes the game exist, you know? It's there because you have to have it. And then the where the work really shines is in the world building, the little details.
0: Nehemiah, what do you got?
2: It, for me, it's a four out of three. I think it's just because of the way they incorporated the story. I know there isn't really a lot of story introduced throughout the actual game. Um, other than maybe just your, you trying to understand the world... Right. If you get the um, x-ray goggles, not trying to spoil too much and you see the uh, uh, extra rooms, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you question if that's like, you know, exactly. others of your brothers or other siblings that were lost into the basement as well. Um, maybe maybe it's that that's the reason for me why I, I gave it a four just because I like the w- I like finding the story out as I go. And that's a lot of the game for me was finding out the story. And it, mm-hmm. it had a unique appeal, like, it, you don't yeah, a- see a lot of dark games like this that go over abortions, mm-hmm. that go over fetuses, that go over this dark world that exists, and
0: create a unique and difficult world from it. The aesthetic of the game is just beautiful. It's dark, it's a, li- it's a little cheeky, um, you're always finding out a little bit more. And so I think we should move on to the next segment, which is characters. Now, for me, I put characters at a 5 out of 5. Now, if we were just considering characters that actually do things and that you control, like the main character, Isaac, you know, not nearly a 5 out of 5. But I'm considering enemies as well. The enemy designs, great. They each have a personality and kind of express it. And I think that... That's very hard to do, especially when it's random. So like the Duke of the Flies, how it's kind of got cronies and it goes around. It's like you can feel it has a personality without ever having to say anything. Right? Mm-hmm. You can feel that the GERD is like has a personality. Like it's it doesn't want to move, it's lazy, it's gonna make something someone else do its do its bidding, right? You can tell, like, certain characters are angry or certain characters are sad. Like, there's characters that don't want to fight you, but you have to kill them to get out of the zone. Like, they just want to live. Like, they're sad and they look exactly like you. And you have to make that decision as a player, like, for your character. Like, can you do it? Like, I bet it's a big moral decision for Isaac to be like, Wow, this, this it's not a bad guy, but I still have to take him out to leave? And it's just an interesting dynamic to me that among video games, like just in terms of what it shows instead of what it tells, which is always important to me, characters, five out of five. I have characters at a four out of five. I didn't see as much as
1: you did in it, but now that you've brought up all that much, I might have to take a second look and reevaluate, because that is a a lot of interesting details that I was just going to put into the design category and not really characters as in character building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of visual storytelling that I have completely not taken into account that I feel silly for. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But hmm. I think the designs that... for everything look really, really good. And mm-hmm. the actual characters are there if you look for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and character design yeah. is an important part of character. It's It's why it's five out of five. The design is excellent. The design is really
1: good. So mine is like a... Four out of five, That would probably be changed to a five if I paid more attention next time.
2: Uh, for me, it's, uh, it's sadly different than you guys. It's going to be a three out of five. You know, I always rate my characters based on your main character. And the enemies to me is world building because they're part of the world. They're your environment. They're your enemies. So yeah, I maybe because I didn't play enough of the game, I haven't actually beat the game or gotten through too much. Mm-hmm. I've only beaten through three of the bosses that's it and i've died a few times so Mm -hmm. those three bosses weren't necessarily through one gameplay that it to me i feel like isaac wasn't portrayed entirely that well obviously he gets portrayed in those few scenes you see where he's crying on the toilet or you know right he's being bullied by friends stuff like that like yeah, he's betrayed, but I wish they did it in a different way. And I personally, in a game, would have made an overarching character design similar to The Witcher, where this character has almost an entire world of his own. That's interesting. Isaac, I guess, just didn't give it to me.
0: Yeah, I think that you have to look for the character information in this in this game, which I I guess can be a detriment. But I I enjoy the fact that the more you look, the more you're able to learn when it comes to characters.
1: Yeah. And since I just have a newcomer's perspective, I wasn't able to get much of that. But that's part of why we have this whole setup here, is right. so we can have yeah. multiple different
0: perspectives. Yeah, and multiple different interpretations. Because again, I was debating whether or not enemies count as characters or world building. I kind of took them into account for both, right? Yeah. Whereas if Nehemiah did one or the other, it, it leads to a little bit of disparity. But on the topic of world building, I think we should go ahead and wrap up Binding of Isaac. Uh, With a world building. Five out of five. Fives across the board, boys? Uh, No. No? Ooh. (laughs) No, no. Really. I thought it does a beautiful job establishing all these enemies, and the world itself feels, you know, like, it, it feels kind of fun to be in. Fun to interact with. You can, like, always interact secrets. Every once in a while, you can just drop a bomb randomly, and there's a hole in the wall that leads you to hell. Like, you can go into your mother's womb at certain points. Like, there's just so much to be done in the world and so many secrets, especially, um, you go into a coin room, right? And you can trade your hearts for coins. Why would anybody ever do that? Well, you can also blow up the heart for coin machine and get a bunch of, a, a bunch of coins and that kind of fun, like, Little tidbits, especially with the bombs for me, make the world feel so much more real. You can blow up a person. You can blow up a dead body. You can blow up the poops. You can blow up the flies. You can throw bombs at um, the bad guys. Like, that kind of world building is very interesting to me. And I think it's a 5 out of 5, no matter what you guys say.
1: (laughs) It sounds like, to me, like, the more you play, the better the world building gets. And I've only played for 30 minutes. So, and I will go back and play more if I can, because this game, you can tell, is something that will build the more you play it. There's little things to find that I haven't found yet, so my world building experience is very basic. And so I've given it a four for right now, but it's a tentative four that could change at any
0: time. So, Nehemiah, you have any thoughts on world building?
1: Uh, I hate to
2: say this, Dak, Ooh. but I gotta be harsh on this one. It's going to be a 3 out of 5. It's just, for me, I'm always such a high rater or so low raider when it comes to world building. I feel like they should always do an amazing job to make it. I don't know. I feel like they could have just done so much more mysterious Mm -hmm. choices with the the mystery rooms, right? Maybe added more, you know, interactions with the characters. Maybe because I haven't played but 30 30 to 40 minutes of the game. That's fair. I haven't experienced that. Um, Dak, you obviously have. So it just feels like maybe the first few levels didn't have maybe a lot to them, and it gave me that just the overall decision of three. They could have done so much. Did more. you
0: even make it into the basement?
2: No, I didn't. I I ain't I ain't the best at <laughs> so playing these types of games, but I played at. the game, and that's what matters.
0: <laughs> I'm just Hell a yeah, risk taker. Hell yeah!
2: And so I lose all my hearts all like right. early on. <laughs>
0: Uh, I feel like you gotta be a little more careful than that, because there's a lot of levels you
2: have to get through to beat it. Let's just say, Dak, I still haven't beaten Dark Souls.
0: Any of them. Yeah. I mean, that's a little more difficult than this game, for sure, but... um... It's because
2: I'm such a risk taker that I end up dying (laughs) so many times, I just end the game. I'm just like, you know what? you silly... Silly boy. (laughs) (laughs) Silly, silly boy.
0: Alright, well... I think we should go ahead and wrap up Binding of Isaac. I've got a few takeaways. One, gameplay is the butteriest and the smoothest gameplay. Just feels so good. And I can't complain about gameplay at all. Um, Another one is... I love games with randomness, but I can't think of another game that has randomness to the extent that this game does. In that your character is random, the world is random, the type of world you get is random, the character you can pick is random, whether or not you have choices at all in certain segments is random, and it just adds an added layer of fun that makes everything based on actual skill and ability plus luck, yeah, rather than just memorizing a list. Which a lot of video games can boil down to. I really liked how difficult it was.
1: I love difficult games, and this was not an easy game. I was on, I played on hard just because I wanted to play on hard, mm. and I did not do very good. <laughs> so I switched it over to easy or to normal for the second half of my playing, and just so I could get a little bit more out of it. And it was it was a really f- challenging playthrough. I didn't get very far either time. But I love doing it, so I want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. I
2: I also made the mistake to play it on hard, and I just didn't ever stop playing it on hard. <laughs> uh, probably why I haven't gotten far in the game. But on a different note, for me, <laughs> gameplay is amazing. That that honestly, mm. I'm with you on that deck. It's it's such a good gameplay. Like I love fighting with my tears, and the, I mean. I feel like gameplay would make me want to play the game, over it, even though I graded everything else pretty harshly. The gameplay was pretty nice. And I love those types mm-hmm. of games, like, you know, Enter the Gungeon. Where there, it, there's exactly. luck involved. Even though I'm bad at them.
0: Well, I think it's time to move on to our final segment of the evening. Retro <laughs> Video Games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, this is the part of the show where I need to make sure that everyone listening knows this is my favorite video game, not the game I think is the best video game. I rated it very harshly, even though I love it. So we can start out with Graphics 3, alright? It's worse than a 3 if you're saying by today's standards, but if you take a little bit of historical context, it's a three. It looks like a retro video game. It plays like a retro video game. There's nothing to complain about there.
1: Well, I actually gave it a four. I thought that for the time it looked really nice. The 3D models looked Mm -hmm. really great, and they moved surprisingly fluidly sometimes. Uh, It looked great for how old it was. Mm -hmm. That's just my little two cents there.
2: I think on my point on that, I'm going to have to share it with Dak, that three out of five. I I guess maybe, you know, yeah, I played other games in that time period. So, I mean, it wasn't the best from that time period, but it definitely had reasonable graphics. And would Mm. I go back to play it now over, say, Spyro or even older games before that, like 007 or even freaking Mm -hmm. older Pong? Probably not. But I wouldn't play Paul, let's be honest. Either you know, overall, the graphics weren't, like, hard to look at. I just feel like they could have filled the world a little bit better. I know that's world building, but it-, it made it really pixelated with it being so blank. Mm-hmm. So, three.
0: Yeah, my biggest, my biggest problem with the graphics were... Ooh, my biggest problem with graphics was almost not even related to graphics. Like, it doesn't actually <laughs> change anything. Yeah. It's if if we're taking it purely based on historical context and I was a kid in 1996, I'd give the graphics 5 out of 5. Easy peasy. Like the amount that the character models can do and how they look for a kid in 1996 is a 5 out of 5. But if I were to hand this to my youngest brother and say play this, he would say, "Ew." And so that's why I gave it a three out of five because looking at it by today's standards doesn't it didn't age that it didn't age as bad as a lot of games did. So if you played GoldenEye <laughs> on on the uh, Nintendo sixty four, that game is like disgusting. Oh my god! Whereas this game just feels a little barren, and that they did put a lot of effort into the actual yeah. models. Hmm.
1: Oh, one more thing I want to say about the graphics is in like the menus when you're not actually playing, the, the way that the sprites for Professor Oak like dancing looked really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. That, it's very interesting that you say that. Um, just to take us on a little tangent here, one of my takeaways was actually the UI sucks. <laughs> the UI is not great. The UI aged so badly. The fact that you have to like click into it. And then select your pictures and then press B to exit out to a new menu to go down to submit them. Feels so archaic. It's yes. Like you'd think when you're pressing B you're stopping something from happening so it like it feels bad like it feels like i'm saying oh i don't want to submit any of these pictures when i press B or if i press B one too many times it asks whether or not i want to submit them and that's just bad ui bad design on that on that front mm-hmm.
1: yeah i uh i actually it it took me like 3 minutes to figure it out
0: <laughs> yeah it's
2: bad ui it's not intuitive at all it, it definitely, the UI, ha- it could have been so much freaking better. I mean, compared to the other games made around that time, its mm-hmm. UI
0: was infuriating. And that, that was my biggest gripe with the game in general. But <laughs> let, let's try to stay a little more on track and move on to gameplay. I made gameplay a 5 out of 5. It's just so unique, right? There's no other game that plays like Pokemon Snap. So even if what Pokemon Snap did wasn't good, which I think they did a good job of it, it's still unique. The critique of, like, maybe an inverted camera is a little annoying, but it's it's made to be, like, a rail shooter, and all rail shooters had inverted cameras. So, like, I can forgive that, right? I love the gameplay. Yeah. I love interacting with these Pokemon. Growing up, buying Pokemon cards and watching the anime... All I wanted to do is be like, man, I wish I could just play with that Pikachu. You can throw apples to it. You can make it go surf on the surfboard yeah. if you get it to the surfboard. You can knock the egg into the lava. You can, you can, um, hit that Charizard that's running around the crater into the crater. It'll pop out as a Charizard and jump scare you. Like the amount of things that you can do with this diverse cast is honestly like, Still amazing to me, even replaying it after playing it thousands of times.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I will say it is a unique gameplay experience. Uh, I gave it a one out of five. I hate on rails, and I hate inverted cameras, and it was also really awkwardly sensitive. And at times, it felt like it was moving too slow. At times, it was too fast, and I kept, like, accidentally looking the wrong direction on because of the inverted camera, I didn't know. Was there a tutorial at the beginning of what to do with like the
0: yeah, the keep Apple in, and stuff? Keep in mind, Aiden played on my save file that had already beaten oh. it, <laughs> so didn't get any of the tutorials or any of the how tos, and was just winging it the whole time, ah. which makes I, it a lot more difficult. I did
1: play it for, for more a than very thirty easy minutes. Game. For, I, I played it for more than thirty minutes, though. I went through and did every level at least twice. And once I figured it out, it was fine. But like, I didn't like it even after I knew how to do it. I didn't like it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it felt gritty and gross.
2: I will also say, I think, Dak, you gave it a 4 out of 5. I'm going to go give it a 4 out of 5 too. Just because I get what you're saying with it being a very relaxing game. And they did a great mm. job at that. Um, even though it's kind of competitive, they get those high-scored photos and some if you watch ever speedrunners of this game there's so many different photos you can take and so much put into it you can't take a photo backwards of them facing backwards or you get a lower score you know if the, are mm-hmm. they were they hit by an apple or were they playing with something or were they doing something entertaining were they jumping and there's a lot of actual you, interestingly enough competitiveness in it it's such a competitive game I don't know. I just I just absolutely
0: love it overall and it's just a beautiful game. We should be good to move on to story. Should be a pretty quick section. I gave it a 3 out of 5. There's not a story. Yeah, I gave it, it. really isn't.
1: I gave it a 2. There is there's no story. I mean, I he takes a
2: picture there isn't a story. in the beginning and rolls around and that's pretty much it. <laughs> he
0: he wants to take pictures and so he takes pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and every once in a while, he unlocks a puzzle so he can take more pictures. And that's literally the whole story. <laughs> Nehemiah, do you have any unique thoughts on the story? <laughs> I feel like that kind of sums everything up, though.
2: It's it's a one out of five. Um, there's no unique points. I mean, it's about taking photos of Pokemon. The only story that you could tie into it is just the Pokemon story. Yeah.
0: You don't play Pokemon Snap if you want a story. Yeah. As simple as that. All right. Let's move on to the next. Characters. Characters. Thanks for that. (laughs) Um, This is the only one, the only category among all of my favorite things that I rated below a three. And that's characters in this game. There are no characters, and Todd Snap looks like a doofus. (laughs) Now, (laughs) Todd Snap looks like a doofus, and I don't consider Professor Oak even a character... He's just part of the world building to me. So that's why I put it at a two. If we're including Professor Oak, I put it at a a five. I love Professor Oak in this game. He's always screaming encouragement at you and making you feel good about yourself. He's like, excellent. (laughs) And it makes me feel happy every time Professor Oak talks. But Professor Oak is more of a part of the world building to me. And it's just about how Todd Snap is a Todd Snap. Looks like a doofus. I don't like him. If we include Pokemon in characters it, and, and Professor Oak, it's a five out of five. But I'm taking it from the perspective of just Todd Snap. I don't like him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's not much to say about the characters. I, was, I put a three just because that's the average score. Uh, they're there. <laughs> they barely say anything.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've, I, it's my lowest score. I think I've given anything on this aside from the story on Pokemon Snap. It's a one out of five, just because he they don't even really introduce the main character aside from the fact that he's a photographer <laughs> and rolls into the scene trying to take a picture of me you too and or Mew. Exactly. I think it's Mew, not even Mewtwo. It's Mew, and that is the character. I mean, yeah, the Pokemon mm-hmm. have a little bit of characteristics, but that I tie that in just from the straight show and world itself. They all act the way yeah. they act. So, there's a one. Not much to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Alright. Time to move on to the section I have the most to talk about, in case you couldn't tell by the fact that I mentioned world building in every other section. The world building is a 5 out of 5. Like, that's what makes Pokemon Snap great. These Pokemon feel real. They h- interact with each other. They interact with you. You can interact with them. They are pos like there's so many puzzles and things that you can do. You have to explode an electrode to unlock a section. You have to hit the Charmeleon into the crater to get it to pop up. There's little details like that. Um the Snorlax is asleep and you have to pester it and play a pokey flute to get it to wake up. That's interesting, right? There's Lapras way out in the distance. There's markings of different Pokemon, like cave paintings, basically, that if you take a picture of all of them, you unlock a secret world where you can go and try to take pictures of Mew. The amount of effort that went into this world building is a lot. And I don't think it can be understated, and it's what makes this game great. It's the reason it's my favorite retro video game is... The world feels real, and I want to be there. I want to live in it. I want to be Todd Snap, except not a doofus. <laughs> you see, I just gave world building a three. Uh, I didn't see all
1: that in it. I just saw it as, oh, this is everything that you already knew about Pokemon. Uh, go take pictures. The, I mean, I guess if you count how they act like
0: animals, that's world building. But like... Well, like- a Magmar and a, and a Charmander are fighting, Right and and that hints back to the anime where like Charizard's and Magmar are like mortal enemies, right? In the anime. And there's also like Rapidash like going up and and, and expressing itself. There's birds emerging from uh, there's Moltres emerging from the lava. Yeah. There's there's just yeah. so much that goes into making the world feel real, and that's world building to me. To me, those sound more like secrets or basics. Well, well, it's a puzzle game, so every secret in a puzzle game is part of world building. Yeah, that's fair enough, I guess. I
2: I'm also rating this actually a four out of I'm a also, but I'm rating this a four out of five just because I agree with Dak in that in this case for the world you do have to tie it into the Pokemon world, and they do. Act, the, the Pokemon in this world actually do act like the original Pokemon, for the most part, right? Mm. And they're in their unique environments. They're not weird environments. Snorlax is sleeping. You have to wake up up a certain way. So, yeah, I actually, even though I didn't play a lot of the game, I have watched a decent amount of Let's Play of the game. And it actually has a really unique and interesting um, overall, you know, strategy of showing you off the different Pokemon. And those fast, quick actions that you have to do to try to take a picture of Lapis before it goes back under the water. Uh, Exactly. The way you have to throw apples and do specific challenges to get higher level shots. Or even just to go to another world, uh, area in the world. You know, those all were very unique. And I see that.
0: All we have left for this is our takeaways. As I mentioned earlier... Um, My takeaways include the UI did not age well, but I think we've uh, gotten that point through to everyone. And to me, the Pokemon game still feels so real to me. The world feels real in that they're all interacting. They're all going about their days. They're all just existing and they have things that they do. And if you bonk one with an apple, it's going to get mad at you and make a face like it's quite simple and it's a concept that is no one tries because it doesn't sound nearly as interesting as it is to me. Any takeaways? My takeaway is the the only one that I have
1: really is that I loved the music. The music in this game oh. was so nice and fit the environment so well. The music in the menu screen just got me excited to play even though I didn't have a great time. Every time I heard the menu screen I was like, "Oh yeah, it's time to get out there and take some pictures." It really added a lot to it.
2: I think my main takeaway is the pictures themselves. Um, it's mm-hmm. so unique, the way they incorporated the rating and, you know, the unique pictures and just the overarching incorporation of the other Pokemon and getting unique Pokemon in different worlds. I think that's my main only takeaway. You know, there's nothing to store, nothing to character. So just just the overall and then the relaxation it provides. I think the Dak was saying, too.
0: With that, I think we're completed with Episode 1 of Grip It or Pivot. Um, it seems to me like we've got Grip across the board, except for a possible Pivot on Pokemon Snap. Yeah, definitely a Pivot on Pokemon Snap. Alright. Thanks for listening. Uh... Uh, please look forward to our next upload, where we will take a look through Jen, or Aiden, as you might have heard uh, me refer to them as throughout the show. And we take a look at all of their favorites. you have yeah. anything you want to hint out? Uh, we're going to be looking at a lot of Doom. Alright, so, Doom fans, stay tuned, and we'll see you all next week.
1: All right. Bye-bye, sweeties. Adios.